Welcome to the Jewelers Podcast, the podcast that talks to jewelers, retailers, and industry supporters about their experiences and insights into the jewelry industry. The Jewelers Podcast is brought to you by the Jewelry Industry Summit, preparing you for growth. Hi, everybody. We're here with Samantha Kelly, a jewelry design and rendering artist and a qualified jeweler. Hi, Sam. Hi, Laura. Hi, Brett. Yeah, hey, Sam. Welcome to the podcast. It's really great to have you on. No, thanks for having me. We all sort of know you from Instagram and Facebook and whatnot because you, you draw absolutely beautiful designs. Uh, so let's start off with the basics. What, what inspires you with your jewellery design? Um, I go through phases with my inspiration. A lot of the time it is art deco or architecture. Um, but most recently, it's been uh, nature that I've been inspired by. That's fantastic. There's lots of floral in your in your art that I've I've noticed. So that that makes sense. I do love your art deco designs, though they are just my favourite. Oh, thank you. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know why I'm so drawn to art deco because even when I actually manufacture the pieces, I hate doing geometric shapes <laughs> so much. So I have no idea why I do so much art deco. It's so good at it. <laughs> yeah, you're the worst enemy there. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah, you, you've got um, just a beautiful grasp on art deco design. Do you have, other than that, do you have a favourite style or even a favourite colour to work with? Uh, again, I generally go through the phases. Um, most recently, I've been doing a lot of uh, blue gemstones, but right before that, I think it was a lot of uh, pinks. And I don't know, I just go through different phases of what gemstones I like. And also going through those phases, I end up buying those coloured gemstones. But again, it's just, I don't know, just a phase. I imagine, like when, as you're saying, designing through different phases, like do you also change the mediums you work in like whether you're working in you know copic markers or you know watercolor or whatnot like do you go through phases in, in that as well oh definitely especially being self-taught with jewelry design i found experimenting with all different materials uh back in the day i started with the watercolor pencils and from there i just experimented with all different mediums until i finally found what worked for me and that's what i encourage all students to do as well um, is to not use the materials I do but experiment and find what works for them because there's a lot of people out there where markers will work better for them or coloured pencils. I find now that the gouache paints work best for me and the watercolour palettes as well. So, so you are predominantly self-taught then just, just by more of a hobby, I suppose, and fooling around with the, the different mediums. Yeah, definitely. I mean, art's always been a huge part of my life ever since... I can remember um it was only when I became a jeweler that I stopped doing a lot of painting and after my apprenticeship I realized that I could probably turn it into part of my job career as a jeweler and learn jewelry design so it sounds like it really came quite naturally to you then to have that fusion of of art and jewelry and clearly I mean it comes through in your artworks it's so it comes so naturally to you. Your pieces are just stunning. Did you did you have anyone inspire you to sort of make that shift between artist and jeweler, and then jeweler back to artist again, or is it just something that just happened? Um, it was pretty much. Uh, I had a friend show me a Cartier book, 
and there was this necklace in there with MSS and turquoise and that's pretty much what started it and I started to research into cardiacs at that stage I didn't know much and then working under Ian Gardner he worked for Graf over in London wow so I also looked yeah I looked into that as well and realized that these high brand jewelers uh drew all their pieces which I never knew because here in Australia we don't really have the courses available to do it that way. But over in Europe they've got uh, specialised jewellery design courses where they design the piece and then manufacture it. So that pretty much opened up the whole world to me. Wow, that's fantastic. Yeah, I, I know that you trained under under Ian Gardner for your apprenticeship, didn't you? Because you won Apprentice of the Year in, I want to guess... 2010? <laughs> Close. That's when I started. <laughs> 2013? <laughs> no. uh, 2012 because oh. I got pushed up a year. I did a jewellery design course before my apprenticeship, which gave me credit, and I got bumped up a year in my apprenticeship. So I took it out in 2012, all thanks to Ian, of course. <laughs> Well, Ian's a brilliant teacher, so, yeah, he's um, – and you still work with him a fair bit, don't you? Yeah, um, he still lets me use his workshop, which is fabulous. So I get to see him almost every day, and he is the harshest critic I have, <laughs> which is great because I show him all my artworks and he is always brutally honest and always finds something wrong with it, which is great. <laughs> <laughs> how, how did you originally uh, meet up with Ian to get started with him to begin with? Because I know there's a lot of people out there doing jewellery courses and then they're trying to get a foot in the door. So how did you actually meet Ian? Um, funnily enough, I was already hired by a different business and I actually went to a JAA Christmas party here in Adelaide and I had my little resumes ready and literally went around to everyone handing them my resume. And I got introduced to Ian by a friend and pretty much just stalked Ian for the night and chatted <laughs> to him. Yeah, we just started off from there. And he said he's trained a lot of apprentices back in the day. Um, he was impressed with my work. And um, unfortunately, he didn't have the space at the time. And then it wasn't until I think it was February he called me and asked if I wanted to help paint the new workshop. Wow. And I was like, yep, <laughs> done. And it just went from there. So he used you as a bit of free labour for painting the walls to see if he liked you first. <laughs> and then Pretty I much. So I was more than happy to paint walls. <laughs> yeah, you got to do it. I think we've all done it at some point. Is yeah, you got to give a little to get a little. So. That's right. Exactly. Your designs and your and your jewellery pieces, because you've been a jeweller for 10 years as well, um, so your drawings and your jewellery pieces, they're so sophisticated um, and look like they've been made by someone with decades of experience. And you're so young, Sam. You're still in your 20s, aren't you? Yeah, I'm just turned, how old am I? 28. <laughs> I always think I'm like two years younger because I have a baby face. Yeah. So I get confused about my age a lot. <laughs> <laughs> but with, with so much sophistication, do you always draw what you love or do you draw designs that you think your customers will love? Um, a bit of both. So the ones I do um, just for my own fun and portfolio, I'll draw what I like. 
But when it comes to clients, I'll always sit down with them and get a feel for what they like, what styles, even if they have images already, just so I can get a feel for them. And over the years, I've come to be quite good at understanding the client and their style of what they're after. And there's been several pieces I've designed that I do not like, but the client loves them. So at the end of the day, you, you do what the client wants. That's true, yeah. You've got to pay, you've got to pay the bills at the end of the week. And, uh, but exactly. And my style isn't always everyone's style. There's a lot of people out there that don't like half of my designs, which I'm okay with because I understand that not everyone has the same taste. And do you have an ultimate dream as far as jewellery is concerned of where you want to want to be and what you want to achieve? Oh, I would just love to end up just designing full-time um, whether it's for a company or just a freelance designer, I absolutely love drawing jewellery. As much as I love making it, it'd still be nice to make pieces here and there, but I've come to really love and appreciate jewellery design. Mm. Your your designs are so, um, especially if you go to your website and you have a look at the, the necklaces that you've got on your website, they're so intricate. Are they technically possible to make? Do you yeah. always draw things that can be made? Yeah. So I always, there's always things that you can change with designs, but I always try and draw them. And when I'm designing them and painting them, I also think about how they would be made. I think that's what makes you such a good designer because you've got the manufacturing background as well. So you can nut out those issues when you're, you are designing. How is this going to articulate? How are these pieces going to join? And what's going to work yes exactly um especially um when i first started doing it there were a few designs i did for clients when i got to the side view and it just wasn't going to mesh up with the top view so i learned early on that it's very important to make sure all the views will work together especially when you go ahead and make the piece because there's nothing worse than getting the go-ahead from the client and they're expecting it to be drawing it. You have to call them up and be like, sorry, but <laughs> it's, yeah, technically it's not going to work at all. <laughs> yeah, just frame the picture. That's all you need. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Sam, what was your process to learn to draw? Did you, um, obviously you've got a bit of an art history uh, anyway. Did you study any, you know, online tutorials when you were learning how to draw jewellery? Uh, no. So um, I think it was back when I was an apprentice, I saw this book that I had for years and never bothered to look at it. And it was like jewellery illustration and it came with templates and I just never bothered to look at it. But um, when I did get interested, I started to look at the book but realised, you know, apart from like even on the internet at the time, there wasn't any courses available. There wasn't any tutorials available. It was just pictures on Google. And so I ended up just researching tons and tons of pictures and trying to figure out what mediums they had used. But it's only been in the past year where I finally finalised my style and understanding of how to render jewellery myself I mean, there's so many different ways you can do it and there is no right or wrong way in rendering it up. It's, yeah, it's such a hard, for me, it was hard to learn because there were no tutorials available. Like, 
um, about like seven years ago when I did start doing this. It was just, it was so difficult to learn. So I don't know how many hours and years I spent practicing, but it's been a lot. And I suppose you can teach some of those shortcuts to the, uh, the people that are going to be attending your courses in uh, jewellery rendering and design now too. Yes, exactly. So I'm really happy to be teaching just because um, even at the moment I'm like right now I'm halfway through filming one of my beginner lessons in the introduction to light theory and how you apply it to different gemstones. Just all the basic information that I wish someone had taught me or had available for me. Mm. But with me being able to teach, I'm able to show everyone and save everyone so much time with learning. Um, And I'm also trying to incorporate my knowledge of gemology into the gemstone lessons as well, just so you get a... A (laughs) well-rounded... Yes, well-rounded. <laughs> yeah, lesson. Yeah, that's, that's impressive. Exactly. How, how have you found teaching? It's very different to what you're used to probably. How have you found it? Oh, it's like a whole other aspect to learn. So I try and have a, a less formal approach, try and have it more natural because um, I found that uh, when I did some teaching in or at Sydney Trade Fair, I discovered that there were a lot of people that were self-conscious of what they were drawing So I try and make people feel as comfortable as they can and encourage their mistakes because that's how we all learn at the end of the day. And after them spending an hour with me, I felt they were more confident and they also produced beautiful, clear drawings, which I wish mine looked like at the beginning. Mine looked atrocious. (laughs) I still have them somewhere, but the beginners, they, they relaxed a lot more when I showed that I wasn't formal and that, you know, art, you interpret it many different ways and there is no right or wrong way and it's just getting that through to people. That is all a learning experience. We're not going to be amazing in the beginning. It takes practice, but you do get good results if you just practice a bit. That's a testament to your ability to teach. That's that's really amazing. Well done. Um, and the fact that you're encouraging, obviously there's there's technical skills required to be able to produce a pearl that looks like a pearl or, you know, gold that looks like gold, but the fact that you're encouraging people to find their own style as well and to find their own design, you know, brain um, is, is really good because not everybody can draw or should be drawing the same things. They should all be able to find their own their own style. Exactly. In my form of teaching, I try and break it down into really small basic steps so you can, you know, break it down yourself and find that maybe you don't like the last few steps so you change the process. And also by experimenting in different materials, you will also find your own style that way because, you know, watercolours will give you a different effect to gouache paints some coloured pencils and the markers, you're going to get different textures and different layering effects. But I always try and encourage everyone to find their own style because at the end of the day, everyone can copy everyone. But the whole point of this experience is to find your voice, find your style, create unique pieces for your brand. How, how important do you think it is for a manufacturing jeweller to be able to draw their pieces for their customer? Um, I find, well, I'm just thinking of my experience over the years and how many sales 
I have made myself just by doing a quick sketch in front of a client. I feel it's pretty important. They don't have to be, you know, fully detailed, quick, freehand, rough sketches work amazing on the spot. Um, I think it's very important for the jeweler and the client to have a very clear idea of what the piece is going to be made because there's been several times where myself or I've heard stories over the years of the client not being happy because, you know, the jeweler and the client both had a different idea of what the piece would look like. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Surely it would be really beneficial for both parties if the jeweler could, and you're right, it doesn't have to be perfect or, you know, be fully rendered or have colour or anything, but if the if the jeweler can convey uh, on paper what the product is going to look like before they start manufacturing to the consumer, then surely there's going to be a really good level of expectation from both parties about that piece before the financial investment goes into making the piece. Yeah, exactly. Um, I don't know how many times I've saved myself from there's been clients that will just be time wasters or it's a good way to rule out who's serious and who's not serious about going ahead and getting it made. Even if you ask them to put down like a small deposit, say if it's only like $60 to cover your time for doing the design, a lot of the time you'll get serious people that will pay the $60, but then there'll be a lot that won't want to pay the $60 and you go, okay, if you're not going to pay the $60, you're not going to end up paying a few hundred or a few grand for the piece to be made. Yeah. So it does rule out a lot of people, but it's also just good to be on the same page as the client. Mm. Mm. No, that's great. Yeah, and it comes back to what we were saying earlier too. You, I think it's the best approach for the actual jeweler as well because yes the customer has their expectation but you can also nut out your issues in the design as well so you're both uh, benefiting from doing a quick sketch so yeah exactly and you're also able to quickly figure out a rough quote and if it's going to suit the client's budget yeah totally so we we're really excited because you're going to be at the jewelry industry summit next year doing a workshop with us which is really exciting so if you're wanting to buy tickets um head online now and and grab your tickets but um how would you suggest people get started in um 3d rendering if they are interested in doing uh, a course or if they're interested in drawing like you do um so hopefully in the next couple of weeks the videos of the online course will be available through the Jewelry Training Solutions website page. Um, I'm going to have a lot of beginner videos on there, which would be great for anyone looking to dabble in jewellery design. Um, I think the basics is just understanding... Colour, light. Yes. Depth of field. Yeah. <laughs> um, I've also started to put up um, mini tutorials up on my Instagram page. Uh, for free just for I feel like the beginning videos should be for free um, it's just basic knowledge that a lot of people will have but most people won't um, which will be introduction to light theory uh, how to shade different objects different surfaces how the light um, reflects and refracts in and out of different gemstones and their cuts also just um, learning how to draw faster gemstones that seems to be big learning curve for a lot of people is that they don't know how to draw the facets on gemstones. So I've put up a lot of videos on Instagram to demonstrate all of that, but hopefully there'll be 
the videos launching on the website very soon. I have been extremely fussy with them and trying to include as much information as possible. But it's also just experimenting with the different mediums as well. If you feel comfortable with coloured pencils, go for coloured pencils. Just because I'll be teaching in watercolours and gouache paints doesn't mean you can't experiment with them. Um, also, I just like to make it really clear. Obviously, I spent a lot of years uh, learning different materials, but I can't stress enough that um, it's very important to, if you're new to gouache, it's okay to go out and buy the less expensive brand. That's how I started to learn all different mediums. I won't invest in the expensive brand straight away. I'll always get the less expensive and learn it, see if it feels right for me. And if it does and I like the feel of it, then I'll invest my money in the more expensive brand. Most of the time, the less expensive is perfect for beginners. You don't need the expensive. Yeah, I can't stress that enough because so many people see me using the designer gouache paints and they get expensive and they go out and buy it but they don't know how to use it so yeah I just want to stress that less expensive is fine <laughs> for beginners but you gotta work your way up to it yeah have you got courses for um for obviously just for for beginners but have you got courses for intermediates or um or more experienced sketch artists as well Yes, so with the videos through the Jewelry Training Solutions website, I've created a course plan where um, there'll be plenty of videos for beginners, but there'll also be um, developed lessons for the intermediate and advanced students, uh, which will be just like more complicated technical designs to draw and render. But pretty much I'm trying to make it as easy as possible so a beginner can pretty much do an advanced video and be okay because they'll all be broken down into basic steps bite-sized pieces perfect yeah um what do you do to keep challenging yourself because you you're so advanced at such a young age how do you keep challenging yourself um it's gonna probably sound weird and sad but I am honestly <laughs> never, ever happy with any of my work, whether it's a manufactured piece or a design piece. I am just, I'm never happy with it and I always feel like there's something I could have changed or done differently to make it better. That's Ian Gardner's so, in your head. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> it's just there's always something you can do better and I feel like that mentality about me always pushes me to do better I feel the day where I'm finally happy with something is the day I stop learning so I think, love it I think most jewelers are, are quite like that as well like we're always critiquing our work because we know there's little things that could have been done better even though the customer has no idea but I think every there's no such thing as the perfect 100% perfect piece of jewelry there's always something exactly I don't think I've ever been happy with a piece ever <laughs> Oh, that's <laughs> it's sad, but it's true. But I always feel like there's something I could have changed to make it, yeah. make it better or easier. We're always torturing ourselves over it. Yes. <laughs> so the course you're running at the summit in um, July next year is a is a short course. What can people expect from that course if they wanted to book it? Uh, so with the short courses, I like to get a feel for what the students already know or I always ask them what they would like to learn from the course. 
if they're not too sure, I always find that starting with a technical drawing of a ring in three views is a great way to start. It just gets them familiar with um, the basic materials again, like the pencils and the compass and the rulers, templates. But because um, that usually takes, you know, one to three hours because everyone's all at different skill levels. And then I also like to show them how to draw the faster gemstones, different cuts of them. And then obviously if I've got time, I love to show them how to render a few coloured gemstones or diamonds or quickly show them how to, like how I render different coloured metals as well. But it always depends on the time frame. But I always um, ask the students mainly what they would love to learn from me that day. What was the stone that took you the longest to learn? Uh, I've only just finally, I feel like, mastered it or not happy mastered, with it. There's always mastered. things you can change. <laughs> um, I think <laughs> um, it's a diamond. Yeah. I wouldn't think diamonds would be difficult because they've only got about, you One. know, they've got the white, grey and a bit of blue. So it's just three, three colours or shades to do. but. It's knowing you need to have a light hand with paints and how, because they've got so many reflections and refractions throughout all the facets. So I feel like, yeah, diamonds was the hardest to learn. And I made it so easy for everyone to learn. And it's really annoying because I wish I had someone to show me this. (laughs) I'm sure so many people around the country will be so thankful that you've spent you know seven to ten years learning so that they can learn from you it's a really amazing asset I think that you've been able to produce such great material and training for everybody it's wonderful yeah I really hope so (laughs) they'll be able to learn it in an hour (laughs) (laughs) maybe not me I'm not very arty (laughs) I'd love to be amazing like I feel like everyone would pick it up so easy because it's all about with all my renderings it's all about layering so you start with the one colour and then you layer on the next colour and it's all about those mini steps and by the end the piece comes together and looks incredible. Yeah, I can't wait to see what you do at the, uh, at the summit and in your online courses. It's, um, yeah, you're, you're a real benefit to the local industry so it's, it's great to see you doing it because I don't see anyone else doing anything like what you are in the Australian market. So, it's, um, yeah, it's, it's much appreciated. Oh, I'm glad to hear it. Um, that was what also pushed me to teach this knowledge just because I, I remember what it was like when I was trying to learn it. I just wish I had someone to teach me or just any courses available that were like this. But there is nothing here in Australia, which is a bit sad, but I'm hoping this will help out a lot of people. You're filling that gap, Sam. It's really, yeah, it's wonderful. Well done. Thank you. <laughs> find out more, obviously they can go to jewelrytrainingsolutions.com and your website.com.au. Sorry, .com.au. Um, so they're live at the moment. And is there anywhere else that people should find you if they want to get in touch? Um, through uh, Instagram seems to be quite popular um, or, you know, Facebook or even my email, which is samantha at skjewelry.com.au. Perfect. Well, thank you, Sam. It's been so lovely chatting to you. I love hearing um, about, you know, some of your experiences and, you know, how critical you are of yourself. Um, <laughs> but I just I love seeing your pieces. They are just so inspiring and gorgeous, just drool-worthy gorgeous. So I can't wait to see what you, what you do next. 
thank you so much. I'm excited for the next adventure of my life. <laughs> yeah, well, well, we'll eagerly be watching. So, uh, yeah, thanks again, Sam, for joining us today. And, uh, yeah, we'll be catching up shortly in the, the summit next year. Amazing. Thank you guys so much. Thanks, Sam. See you, Sam. No worries. <laughs> thanks. Bye. Sam's tips today couldn't have come at a more perfect time because the Jewellers Association of Australia has just launched its Design Sketch Render Drawing Competition. This competition will celebrate and recognise Australian and New Zealand jewellery design and sketching skills. The competition honours the diverse talent of local artisans by showcasing their original and distinguished talents in hand and digital drawing. There are five categories to choose from when entering. Junior, which is for students and apprentices who want to submit a hand-drawn piece using traditional media. Colour, which is for industry professionals wanting to hand-draw a piece highlighting a coloured stone. And similarly, the pearl category is for industry professionals wanting to highlight a pearl in their piece. The diamond category is for experienced professionals who are submitting a diamond-centric piece. The CAD category is for designs created, finished and rendered in an app or a computer program. And finally, the artist category is open to non-industry members who would like to submit a design using traditional drawing media. There will also be a People's Choice Award for industry and the public to vote for their favourite sketch. Winners of each category will be awarded prizes and a digital certificate of achievement from the Jewellers Association of Australia. The competition is open now and closes on Wednesday the 30th of September with winners announced on Wednesday the 28th of October. To find out more about how you can enter this prestigious award, simply head to www.jaa.com.au slash sketch. Good luck to all those who enter. Thanks for joining us on the Jewellers Podcast. If you'd like to know more about how to be part of the Jewellers Podcast, head to our Facebook or Instagram page. See you next time.